Emerge podcast. This is episode number 82, and I'm Jenny Randolph. I'm Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And as we gather around (laughs) this week, I know that last week we talked about the idea that we're in the Burr months. Yeah, it's getting chilly out there. It really is. Well, hang on just a second, because we were brought back down to reality because we are in the midst, still in the midst of a very active hurricane tropical storm season. And right now there is one that is forming over the keys of Florida and another one that is coming off um, of Africa and headed out into the Atlantic. I think, I think the one out in the Atlantic right now is Florence and uh, they haven't named the, I think it's just, I think it's tropical depression number nine, soon to be tropical storm. I don't know. Do you feel like you're in a tropical depression about it? It might be. See, I could have gone there or I could have gone into a, I felt the rains down in Africa thing. Oh, see. But And I decided against that because that would have been lame. Yeah, but, well. But let's so. take some time to do the things we never have. <laughs> such a dork. Oh, my Anyway, God. look, we're going to be fine. We're always fine. It's always good. And we give thanks for the rain and the weather and for changes in general. Yeah, we'll probably general. get a little bit of wind from the one that's in the Gulf mm, right now. That's a dietary but, thing But mostly. it's like, you know, you you have um, you have these, these pumpkin spices everywhere. Like, it became September 1st and then it like somebody somebody flicked a switch, right? It was well, so hilarious. And then it's like, oh, It's no, aspirational in Florida. I think we talked about that. We're still in tropical weather here, everybody. We're still in our rainy season and it's still almost 90 degrees outside. So... Um, let's just, everybody chill out, everybody calm down. But the hurricane season thing here in this part of Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth, it, it, there's only a small window where it's really like, okay, this is the time when stuff could happen. And then there's a very sharp drop off. And it's like, if something happens after that, you may or may not bring an umbrella with you at that point. Yeah, basically we need to get through the end of September. It's For us, it's really the end of July and August and September are are really active where we're Mm -hmm. located in Florida. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. The only reason I bring it up is because last week we're like, oh, we're coming in and we're talking about fall. And then all of a sudden, you know, our dreams, our, our little dreamy dreams were all crushed and crashed because we're still... In the midst of summer, summertime patterns. Well, so. you know, I think that it's it's wonderful to see, and I know we've talked about the aspirational nature of autumn here in Florida, but I love the exercise of faith, sure. where there are people all across this great city of ours who are actually thinking, I wonder if I should bring a sweater with me today. And of course you shouldn't, no, but people no. do because it's a thing. And we get more and more excited. You get like a one degree dip in the temperature after the sun goes down and people go, oh, here we go. It's happening. And I, you know what? I'm excited about that. Would it be that we were that excited about something like world peace, you know, and we're getting there. Little things, more and more, as a culture, I think we're going to get to a point where we gravitate less towards the doomsday or even inconvenient uh, uh, things and more into, you know what, maybe this is a sign for good things coming. I'm ready. Well, actually, I wear sweaters in Florida more in the summertime than I I sometimes do in the fall. Is it like muscle confusion? No, when you go into places because they have their air condition cranked so high Mm -hmm. it is so freaking cold it is it's it's terrible it is so cold and I always carry a sweater with me so I'm one of those people that I have a sweater year-round anyway maybe you're just a person of faith 
Yeah. <laughs> I well, love that. today, as we record this, we normally record on Sunday uh, after we get home from church and all that so that everything's fresh in our mind and we have more time on a Sunday, you know, because normal Monday through Friday stuff. But uh, we're recording this now on a Monday uh, because yesterday was our son's last uh show of the play that he was in. It was an afternoon show. So we had to rush off from church, get everything packed up and then go up and see the show. And I'm really proud of him. And you know, I don't want to, I'm already like way too much into the proud Papa thing. I could just bore everybody about it. But I will say that for our son, it represents stepping into the unknown. This is an area where his mom and dad didn't, you know, we didn't hold his hand into it or anything like that. And he did wonderfully. And I think in general life calls you to do that. So this is a real celebration for him. But for us, this is also an opportunity to record on a different day. And as we sit here, today is Labor Day. It is Labor Day. Yes. And I'm grateful for uh, everybody who has worked to make Labor Day a thing. And uh, I'm also grateful because the, the holiday means, you know, we don't really sit by the pool on a holiday. We're kind of working people. And so... For me, this is a day to sort of pretend like I'm not doing the day job. So I got up and I worked on my talk and I did some church business and and I have been moving pretty much all day, but it doesn't feel like work at all because I just really love doing this. So I'm grateful for the day in which to labor. Yeah, I am too. And I try not to um, go to any place that I don't have to. Because where you're other, making where other people, people work, Because yeah. you're making people work. And the whole point of it is that, you know, you're not supposed to, everybody's supposed to have the day this off. This is supposed to be an honor be, of working people. Exactly. Totally and agree. Yet, yeah. you know, capitalism and all that good stuff. <laughs> so I really try to keep it close to home yeah. and, and not buy a lot and not go out to restaurants and just mm-hmm. kind of hunker down, stay at home, get some chores done around the house and... And that kind of stuff and really, really use that time and use, just use it for an extra time to focus, I think. Yeah, I like it. And now we'd like to share with you our Sunday worship service for September 2nd, 2018. The title of the lesson is called Walk Your Talk, and it is the fifth in our sign series. And that series is all about Jesus's Recorded Miracles. So we hope you enjoy it. So our scripture today is John 6, 19 through 20, and you know where this comes from. Then when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Like I said, you know this one. This is about you like they're all about you. This is about something that you're working on. This is about something that you're going through. This is a miracle about a lot of things. This is a miracle about limits. I mean, think about it with me. If God is unlimited, wouldn't be God otherwise, right? Then you getting to where you need to go is a matter of how far are you willing to go? That's the question. How far are you willing to go? Because God already there, right? How far are you willing to go? That's the question that breaks through things. This is a miracle about limits. This is a miracle about fear and what to be afraid of. This is a miracle about a lot of questions like who did they think it was walking towards them on the water? We'll talk about that later. I mean, really. This is a miracle about possibility. If 
everything is possible for God. Really. I mean, wouldn't be God otherwise, right? If everything is possible for God, then where's the clog in the system? This isn't about blame. This is about finding a starting point. If everything is possible for God, then where's the problem? Your job, my job, our job as children of God, as human beings on planet Earth, is to get our concept of what is possible a little closer to what is possible for God. That's the deal. If you want miracles, if you want an experience of the divine, if you just want a day that works out wherever you are on the spectrum of of this, get your sense of possibility up to where God's sense of possibility is. Now, I know that that's kind of a big deal because for a very long time, maybe all your life, someone has told you to manage your possibility thinking, to make it smaller. Someone has told you, oh, you can't have that for Christmas because Santa can't quite manage that. Or you say, I want to be an astronaut or a doctor or God forbid a preacher. I want to do these things. And somebody says, oh, you know, don't get your hopes up. Where do you want your hopes? If I want them anywhere, I want them up. That's what hopes are. Somebody told you to lower your expectations and put your sense of possibility in a little box. And that's why people have little lives. I want my hopes up. Well, I don't want you to be disappointed. Well, you know what? If my hopes are up, when something doesn't work out, I still got those hopes up there. I'll keep trying. But if my hopes are down, I got nowhere to go. If I want my hopes anywhere, I want them up. Stop managing your possibility thinking and let it be open. And you open yourself to bigger ideas. And besides, I mean, what is possible and what is impossible anyway? I mean, think about it with me. Man, oh man, think about the story of your life. Every single person in this room has a story, at least one, maybe several, probably more than several, of something that happened to them, something that they did, and somebody else said, oh, it doesn't work that way, that's impossible. A doctor told somebody something, and here they are. You didn't know how the bills were going to get paid, or how you're going to make that great, or how it was going to work out. You are in love with somebody that you shouldn't be, and it's working out something, something. You have been through impossible and been through impossible and been through impossible over and over again. It's kind of your thing. So tell me what is possible and what is impossible. As it turns out, the point of your life is to demonstrate the impossible. That's the deal. That's why you're here. And it doesn't matter how you get there. You've done it before. You can do it again. I need you to know that with me. You have done it before. You can do it again. Whatever it is, it's scaring you. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Doesn't matter how you get there. For some people, the the breakthrough is a matter of perspiration. That Thomas Edison, just try it again and try it again and try it again. For some people, it's a matter of repetition, and that's okay. In this story, not just this one, but in all of them, really, the disciples demonstrate what it's like when you got to just sort of chew on it for a while. But you get there. Spoilers, it works out okay for the disciples. It's okay if you've got to go through the idea and go through the idea. It's okay if your miracle is a breakthrough of perspiration and effort. That's okay, as long as you get there. But it's also okay if you don't have to work at it. It's okay if you have the breakthrough. It's okay if it comes from another place. That's what we call miracles when, you know what? Oh, here we go. 
that's okay too. It's okay if it's inspiration. It's okay if there's a moment where all of a sudden the impossible becomes something that you just call Tuesday. It's okay. I need you to know by virtue of whose child you are that it's okay for you to have a breakthrough that really breaks through something. In fact, it's why you're here. I don't know what somebody else told you. Some well-meaning person that was trying to protect you. No more of that. We don't need armor anymore. We don't need lowered expectations anymore. We know who we are now. You are here to demonstrate the impossible. Sounds pretty good. It must have sounded pretty good to the disciples. They were so excited about everything that they had seen. At this point in the story, remember, they had just been through the feeding of the multitudes. Right? All of that. They had seen some amazing things. People uh, being healed, all kinds of stuff. Jesus said things that came true and were always true. And people were moved and the world was changing. And they were so stirred up by all of that. Okay, guys, we got this. We can do this. Amazing things are going. Let's get in the boat and go. And they go and they realize after three or four miles that they forgot Jesus. I feel like we forgot something. Was the oven on? We don't have an oven. Think about that. It's amazing to me. I love that idea that they left their Jesus behind. Guys, in three or four miles, I mean, think about that. This is not Miss Budweiser. There's no motor in this boat. They're rowing for three or four miles. And like, guys, I just feel like something's wrong. And we might go, how could you possibly do that? Right? I get it. But the truth is everybody has done that before. Everybody has done the equivalent of that. How many times in your life, maybe even how many times today, have you gone, yo, I knew I should have, I knew that that I should have checked where the keys were. I knew I should have turned the thing off. I knew I should have called that guy. How many times? How many times did you know something in your heart and whether it was because, well, I want it to be my way or I don't think that my self-esteem is in a place where I deserve to take a minute or whatever. Everybody has done it. I have done it probably 15 times this morning. Some kind of V8 moment of, uh, oh, wait a minute. That is the equivalent in your story, in my story, of what it is to leave the boss on the beach back there. And what happens when the ego charges ahead, when you get so filled with personal will and the personal desire to do something that you just go? What happens? Well, in the story, great metaphor, in the story, what happens? There they are three or four miles out, and all of a sudden, it feels like the minnow will be lost. (laughs) Right? You know what I mean? All of a sudden, the storm picks up. All of a sudden, there's waves. We all know what that feels like. We all know that feeling of being alone in the middle of, oh, I did a thing. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And I don't know about you, but for most people, there's a fight-or-flight moment where all that you want is just for the storm to stop. And I will do anything to make it okay again. And I don't know about you, but lots of people in that moment where you realize that the storm is brewing will do things that set them back in order for there to be peace. Does that sound familiar, or is it only me? It's fine if it's only me, but I don't think it is. You know exactly what I mean. But it turns out, in those moments, the storm is exactly what you need. 
The thing is, God gives us what we're ready for. And in the story, it's no different. What you need is the storm. I mean, think about it. When you charge ahead, you charge ahead because what you want is change. Things are changing. The water is getting stirred up, and you know what that looks like in the story, and you know what it looked like on Gilligan's Island, and you know what it looks like in your own life. This is a moment to go, oh, sweet. I had been asking for change, and here it is. This is a moment to stop stopping, as it were, and to trust in the ways. Let there be that little voice, that child's voice, that hero's voice in you that says, surf's up. Something is about to happen. And you know what happens in the story. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. You know the story. You can picture it in your head. It's been in many films. It's in a Cars video. <coughs> I won't talk about that. But it happens. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yes, I would love a sip of your coffee. Um, up comes Jesus. Jesus is unmoved by the waves because Jesus is in touch with cause and not effect. Miracles happen when you are in touch with cause and not effect. And here's the shorthand. If it is physical, if it is happening, it is the effect of something bigger, something ultimate. And Jesus doesn't care how it looks on the outside. That's what the Christ presence represents is the truth that is too big. I love it because this miracle is such a great example of that because Jesus isn't doing it to teach anybody anything. I mean, think about it. Before this, all the miracles, Jesus will say, I'm doing this so that you get the point. How many times does Jesus say, guys, it's not about the outer thing? How many times? It's not about the miracle, it's about the learning, it's about the growth, it's about the breakthrough. How many times does he say that? And in this miracle, he's not even trying to teach anybody, he's just trying to get to where they're supposed to go, and his crew left him. All Jesus is trying to do is get across the water. Why did the Jesus cross the road? All he's trying to do is get to the other side. I love that. He's not trying to demonstrate anything, it's just that this is how it is. Thank God for those moments when this is how it is. And I also love it because the disciples don't recognize him. Think about that. I'll wait. Thank you. Thank you. The whole crew. Think about how crazy that is. The disciples have seen everything. They've seen the feeding of the multitudes and people healed and all of these teachings and all this amazing stuff. Here comes Jesus on the water. Who did they think it was? All of a sudden, it's an episode of Scooby-Doo because they're like, it's a ghost, or maybe it's Old Man Weatherby. I don't know, but, but there's this thing that happens. <laughs> they could have done it if it weren't for you meddling disciples. They, they, <laughs> they don't get it. But you see, that's the thing. It doesn't matter what's going on in front of you because remember, where is God? God is always going on in front of you. Miracles are happening every moment. Every moment we have a choice about what we allow to be true in our lives because the real truth is infinite. Every moment you have a decision about what you filter, what you see, and how you behave in response to it. And the disciples, who ought to know better, decide it's a ghost <laughs> because they can't handle the idea that there's something beautiful going on right there. 
How many times have you looked true love in the face or answers or a breakthrough and said, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this? Well, guess what, guys? It's happening. The storm is happening. You don't have a choice about that. Thank God you don't have a choice about that. It's on. But the ego will filter that. The good news is, whatever is going on, whether you, you recognize it for the Christ presence, for the miracle, for the true love, for the whatever, or you just see, hey, something's different. Whatever it is, whatever the level of your perception, go with it and listen to it. Because it's the same call one way or the other. It's the same call. So there's Jesus, and he goes, forget something, guys? <laughs> I love the idea that so often when Jesus is, when they did paintings of Jesus, they're depicted, he's kind of got the Jesus pose where he's looking up. And it's, I think it's more, that's a little bit of artistic light. I think he's really going, you guys, over and over again. And he says, guys, don't be afraid, it's me. Whatever's going on, Find that thing in your life that is unmoved by the storm of your life. Whatever it is, find the thing in your life that is unmoved by the storm of your life. There's something about you that is not moved by it. There's love in your heart. There's a truth there. There's a promise there. There's a yearning there. Whatever it is, there's some piece of, oh, art is happening in here somewhere. Love, honor, something. Find what it is. Find the thing that is unmoved by the storm and listen to it. And in fact... Let it back in the boat. Honestly, that's all it takes. Let it back in the boat. Stop trying to run from the storm and just let it back in the boat. And in the story, as soon as Jesus is let back in the boat, the storm is gone. They get where they need to go. It's like magic or ooh, like a miracle. Because that's what happens when you just make room. What are you making room for in your life? Find and choose. What are you making room for in your life? Because the miracle has a message to it. And the message of the walking on water miracle is this. Are you ready? You can't walk on water under your own power. You can't walk on water under your own power. It's got to come from someplace else. And in fact, everything important in your life has got to come from someplace else. None of this, exactly zero of this, is force of will stuff. You can't make this happen any more than you can make gravity happen. It just is. So stop trying to force this and rather find a way to recognize it. Find a way to see it. Or to put that another way, you can't solve a problem on the same level of consciousness you were in when you created the problem. You can't solve a problem with the same kind of thinking that got you in trouble in the first place. This is important because sometimes people get in trouble and like, I'm going to use this same brain that got me all messed up to do something and make it better. How many times has that worked? Zero, right? Don't try this at home. I've tried it. But there's that desire to do it my own way, you know, instead of doing what we ought to do, which is saying, okay, I'm out. What do you got? I'm open. What do you got? There's something beautiful about that sweet release. At this moment in the story, there's Jesus on the stormy water. The disciples still think it's a ghost. And Jesus is like, guys, remember me, beard, Birkenstocks, me, 
And Peter goes, oh, if it's you, then call to me and I'll come out to you. And I love the idea that Jesus is going, really, now we got a thing, we got to go, we're trying to, you guys left without me and now we did a stop, okay, fine, come on down. There's this Monty Hall moment. And this is why this miracle happens in the order. We've been going through the miracles in order. And now this one is really important because the miracle is not Jesus. No one is surprised that Jesus can walk on water, even though the disciples don't get it at first. Of course, you know, Jesus is kind of his thing, right? The miracle is that Peter does it. Over and over again, Jesus has said, your faith has made you well. You did it. God in you is, is the thing that makes the thing. And in this, this is the first time we see it. And Peter steps out onto the water. Oh, this is new. And there's something amazing about that moment. And now maybe in your story it doesn't feel quite that uh, Cecil B. DeMille level magic. But you know the moment when you take off the training wheels. You know the moment when you know it's love. You know the moment when art is coming through you and you didn't know how that happened. You know the moment when you're in the zone and it just works. You know that moment when you step out of the boat and I don't know how, but here we go. Everybody has those moments I need you to know. That your life is allowed to be like that all the time because of who you are and who God is. All you got to do is step out of the boat. But there's that moment. Peter sees Jesus, and it's going okay. <laughs> and he has that, hey, look at me moment. And the thing is, if there's me, then there's a separation. The ego happens. Oh, look at me, instead of this thing is beautiful. There's a moment where instead of seeing the Christ and seeing the beauty, he sees the storm. And he sinks. Because you get what you focus on. You know this. This is how faith works. Peter is a disciple who represents faith. So whenever you see Peter working on something, you're like, this is what faith does in my life. That's how to read that. Peter sees the waves instead of the answer. So ask yourself, what do I see? Because there are people who go from crisis to crisis because they think that's how you're supposed to live. And guess what? Surprisingly, not surprisingly, more crisis. There are people who go from drama to drama because that's what they see, that's what they get, and they think life is about slaying those dragons, but there's always more dragons, and it's a drag after a while. Maybe that's why they call them that. Oh, it's exhausting. What you see is what you get. And I love the idea that Peter sinks, and later on Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church. And no one got the joke. <laughs> I get the idea that Jesus was breaking chops all the time. Upon this rock, guys, get it? No, nobody? So many times in Scripture it says, and Jesus looked to the heavens. Now we know that Jesus doesn't think that God is up in the sky. He says so. So what's he looking at? I think whenever we read that, it's Jesus going, guys, <laughs> come on. On. And there's that pose. Oh. It's the curb your enthusiasm music plays, you know. It's that moment. Come on. Upon this rock, really? Nothing? It's golden, guys. Nothing. But that's what happens. You ask yourself, why would people go back? Once the training wheels are off, why would they go back to the old ways? Once you're out of the boat, why would you falter? 
I don't know about you, but I've got stories in my own life where it's like it was working and I didn't know how. Why didn't I go forward? There's a great story about how people went to Unity Farm, back when it was called Unity Farm, to go see Charles Fillmore, important spiritual teacher. And this was back in the days before superhighways, and this was back in the days before there was a cracker barrel at every exit. This is even before Stuckey's, guys. I know, right? The pecan log roll had not been invented yet. <laughs> this was before there were gas stations everywhere. And back in those days, your car didn't have an empty full fuel tank. You had a tank, and it would go out, and then you'd pop over to the reserve tank. And you knew once you did that, you only had a little bit before you had to get to the gas station. So this couple, husband and wife, get to Unity Farm, and they see Charles Fillmore, and they say, Mr. Fillmore, we had an amazing miracle. We ran out of gas, and we popped over to the reserve tank, and there was no gas station and no gas station, and we should have run out miles back, and we didn't, and we just kept on going, and we said a prayer about it, and we just knew the truth, and it was okay, and we kept on driving for long past where we should have gone, and then finally we went to a gas station, and we filled up, and here we are, and you got the idea that they really thought they were going to get an attaboy from Charles Fillmore. Like, you did a thing, nice going. You know what he said, though. He says, well, why did you ever stop for gas? It was working. It's a good question. Why do we stop for gas? Because people revert back to the old way, because people are afraid, because people want to control sometimes, when that is precisely the moment to let it go. That's what you were called upon to do. When something good happens, where is it? When something good happens, where is it? When you have the miracle, when you fall in love, when the thing happens, where is it? I mean, you feel it in your heart, but somewhere somebody told you that if it's good, it comes from far away. There's a deluxe apartment in the sky where all good comes from. Even though you feel it in your heart and you know better, somebody told you that if it's good, it comes from far away, Amazon Prime. And when, when it's bad, where is it? Somebody told you that if it's bad, it's right here in your life. It's a problem to be fixed, and i got to fix it. It's on me to do this, and i got to handle it. Well, no wonder people pay attention to the bad instead of the good. Because for them, good is somewhere else, and bad is right here to be fixed. Where is God? Next time you feel that way, I want you to take a moment and just in your mind reverse those things. Take a moment and change the spots. There's no problem for you to fix. You can't fix the storm. You know that, right? We're Floridians. We know you can't fix the storm. The last time we had a hurricane, people went out with guns and tried to shoot at the storm. Florida. <laughs> and I love it that that happened. And I also love it that the people on the news took it upon themselves to let other people know that that was a bad idea. Florida. You can't fix the storm. Instead, you ride it out. You learn a thing from it. You change because of it. You give thanks for it. In one way or another, by and by, you come to a place where you give thanks for it. The problem is not a problem to be fixed. There's a truth to be known. Because where is God? Closer than breathing, nearer than hands and feet, more real and more intimate than gravity or the breath in your body. God is happening right now. There is a part of you that is unmoved by the storm. Find that part. And people say, I don't know where that is. I don't know where God is in this story. I don't know where the beauty is. The fact that you want it different maybe is the unmoved part. The yearning that you have in your heart for love or for answers, there's something calling you that is not moved by how it looks on the outside. Find it. Listen to it. Let it in the boat. 
As it turns out, you're here to do the impossible. And every single person in this room has something that they were told some time ago was impossible. What is your impossible thing? Think about it. Maybe it's been on a shelf in your heart collecting dust for most of your life. There is something in you that, that, that feels that impossibility. Somebody told you that you couldn't have love, you didn't deserve it, or you didn't deserve a job that, that didn't make you feel like a loser, or you didn't deserve to live in that place, or you didn't deserve to speak the truth, or you didn't deserve to whatever it was. Somebody told you there was a thing that was impossible for you. The fact that it's still there in your heart means that it's what you're here to do. You want to know where God is? God is in the yearning that you have to be free. Listen to it for a change. You are here to do an impossible thing. And it's okay if it doesn't happen overnight. It's okay if the miracle is a miracle of perspiration. Just start working on it. Do a thing. Dust off that impossible thing on the shelf and bring it to the forefront of your life. Do it today. Because the world is waiting for that moment. It's time for you to be free because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. So the thing that I loved about this miracle in particular is something you said during the service was that this miracle was not really about Jesus. Right. It was about Peter. Yeah. And I love that this is kind of the first time in the Bible that we see somebody else besides Jesus doing the stuff that he says you can do. Right. It's 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 like it's my paradigm of hope. <laughs> or, you know, my the the faith. Yeah, it's like, you know, okay, no, he he does this and and yeah, he does it maybe not to the extent that Jesus does, but it shows that it's absolutely possible. Well, there's so much going on in this little moment. And it's so funny because obviously all of the miracles in one way or another are famous, so to speak. But this is the one that a lot of people think about because it demonstrates a theoretical impossibility. Because obviously people get healed. If you cut your finger, for example, don't do that. But if you accidentally, let's say, cut your finger, it will heal itself. So while the dramatic healings that we read about in Scripture, they seem, and they are, wonderful demonstrations, there, maybe there's a part of your brain that goes, well, yeah, but healing happens, so it's not this, this leap. But nobody walks on water. That's not a thing. So there's this, this moment of this is, in some ways, the most miraculous miracle we've seen. But I love it because, no pun intended, it's also pedestrian. Because sure. Jesus just needs to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. This isn't a miracle for Jesus because, first of all, it's Jesus. There shouldn't be any surprises at this point that he can do this. But it's also not a quote-unquote miracle because he's just trying to catch up to his boys who left. Well, and, and I, so I want to point out, too, that these are just the recorded miracles. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know, you know, maybe the hundreds of different day-to-day -day stuff that goes on. Getting 12 guys to agree on what restaurant they wanted to go to. Sure, absolutely um, <laughs> a miracle. Getting us to decide what restaurants yeah, is, but is a little bit There's a, a lot going on there, but it's so it's not really a miracle for Jesus for those two major reasons. It's Peter's miracle. And I love that it's, in a way, incomplete. 
because, you know, he falls into the water. The idea is, once again, just like I said in last week's lesson, the disciples represent process. Jesus represents a pure manifestation. Yeah, they're faculties that are in everybody, you know, mm -hmm. on the planet, right? right. So There is a guys, Peter part of you, a right, exactly. Judas part of you, and so mm -hmm. on and so on. So but, they, rep they represent us. They represent us in process, which is why they don't get it a lot of the times, yeah. which is why they have their troubles, which is why they don't recognize Jesus, which is why right. they don't, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Thomas right? represents understanding, but he's the one we get the phrase doubting Thomas from because when Jesus comes back, after Easter, people recognize him and people don't. But Thomas is the one who's like, no, 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 I don't get it. Right. And so the idea is the disciples represent what happens when you're really chewing on whatever that thing is. Once again, Thomas understanding, Peter, faith. Judas represents life, for example. You know what happens to him. So there's that idea. So we see what happens when your faith is in process. And this is important for us in 21st century culture because it is so easy to be distracted. As you're listening to this podcast, you might be driving in your car or playing Candy Crush or looking at something on Facebook. Stop it for a minute. Well, don't stop driving your car, <laughs> but take a minute and do one thing at a time. Take a minute and decide to really sit in the idea that whatever you place your faith in, you're going to get more of in your life. There are people who go from crisis to crisis because that's what they're defined by, just like I talked about in the lesson. But you're never going to get over it. There's always going to be more dishes to do. There's always going to be more bills to pay. You mustn't let those things define you or there's no you in there. Right. And right. so this moment of Peter going, wow, that storm is pretty uh, pretty significant. It's really wavy out there, those waves. And uh, here's Jesus. And I think it's easy for any of us to go, well, I wouldn't mess up like that. If Jesus was calling to me, I would have my focus. What's wrong with this guy? How come he gets to represent faith? And the answer is twofold. First of all, he represents faith because he's the one we see chewing on it. But also, really, how many times have you been distracted today? And yes, it seems like if there was just this big idea, if Jesus was right there, it would be too big for me to look away. And yet, how many people have been in the face of true love, real magic, beauty, art, nobility, the right thing to do? And because of reasons, they did another thing. Now, right. I'm not interested in blame because, once again, what you pay attention to, you get more of. So beating yourself up about it doesn't make your next moment any better. In fact, it tends to make it worse. Not interested in blame, but I am interested in finding a starting point. Mm-hmm. Yes, you and I have looked the other way when we should have looked to the Christ calling to us. Okay, come on out. You know, that kind of thing. So don't do it anymore. You and I and everybody listening knows what it's like to go, oops, I'm in the water. Here we go. Okay, but you get back out. That's not the end of Peter's story, obviously. Right. Well, and it just, like I said before, it is, it, it gives me the hope and the faith that, all right, you, you have this. But it is your job to pay attention. It is your job to not make the miracles happen because you address that too. You can't make it happen. Mm -hmm. You have to recognize that the, the capability is there and then you just have to go forward in what you're supposed to do. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a balancing act. It really, really is. And the ego must get out of the way. And yet, this is something that we've talked about before. There are parts of 
our personalities, our egos, my ego, my personality that I really like that I don't necessarily want to get rid of, <laughs> you know, and, and that's absolutely true. I, you know, there's, so you have to, you have to ask yourself, all right, do I really want this miracle? Do I want it? And that's something we talked about Well, last yeah, because week. am, last I, week am I defined by the struggle, by right. the bills, by the dirty dishes, and by the, the things? And the truth is, is that a lot of times, yeah, the, the, the romanticism that comes along with the struggle of things, mm -hmm. the tortured artist, the, you know, yeah. oh, you, you can't, you can't do real art until you have felt the pain. Well, and we've all and encountered like, okay, somebody, I, right, I, you know, but come on, sure. come on well, now. And I've known several people in the story of my life, and I know you have too, we've known some of the same ones who do this math, the math of, well, Jesus upset people sometimes when he went places like the pharisees for example well i upset people all the time too therefore i must be some kind of great hero or right. some kind no you're just a jerk that there's a different you don't go looking for effects and that's the thing that i was trying to bring out in the talk today to go back to what you said a minute ago one of the things that that i wish i had a little bit more time to to hit on during the talk yesterday was and i touched on it briefly i said you don't fix the problem. Right. You don't fix the storm. You don't fix it. You learn from it and you move on. And this is a big deal because here's the thing. This is this is the piece I wish I had had more time to expand on. And this is going to be part of a book someday and I will take some more time for this part. The idea is if God is good, God is love, truth, all of those good things. If there's a quote unquote bad thing, an error, a problem, a thing to fix, there is no life or substance or intelligence or there's no there there. The only thing that keeps that bad, let's call it, alive is the attention I pay to it. The story of Jesus walking on the water is noteworthy because the moment he gets in the boat, the storm stops. And what that's trying to tell us in part is that the moment you stop giving your power to all of the BS is the moment you realize that whatever that bad thing, that boogeyman is, it's just propped up from the inside by your attention. So quit it. It's so easy to give so much fear and so much weight to some dumb thing. I've done it a hundred times and you have too, everybody. But you don't fix the problem. You just make room in the boat and everything else will work out. Once again, I'm going to say it again because it's important. Every bad thing is just propped up from the inside. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. But again, it's so, um, it's difficult, you know, and I think that that's the difference between how we approach things. And I think on some levels, we're both fixers, you know, oh, give me that problem. All right, I got this, you know, and, and again, that's a, that's a part of my personality that I like to think um, that, that I'm good at. Um, it's, well, and it's, it's a, a dad thing for well, me. And it's you a, know, it, I, is a, it is a source of pride for me because m mom's got it, you know, I mean, and that's, and, and not just in the role of parent, but also as a coworker, any place that I've worked or any, any organization that I've always been a part of, it's like Jenny can get it done. Yeah. That is something that is, that is absolutely and totally true about me. But separating that out, the works that I have to do, the work that is in front of me, separating out I must fix this or I must fix this person, 
that is that's where the rubber meets the road, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so that is that is what we're looking for. And so if you're if you're listening and you're like me, I love these stories. I do. I think they're amazing and and you know, they're they're beautiful parables that help us understand what we're feeling and what we're going through. But I always have to take a piece out of it and go, all right, how does this apply? And 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 I think I do this every week. I, I don't I don't know. I should probably go back and listen to all of our podcasts and and be like, oh gosh, you need to change or you need to, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe do something different. But honestly, it, it every service that you do, I'm like, all right, how can this apply? How can this come back? And that's what it came out for me is Yes, that is a part of me that I really love. I love being the go-to person, mm-hmm. the person that can get it done, the reliable one, mommy, you know, all all of it. Love it. Big part of my sense of pride and big part sure, of my personality. Of um, but there is a difference. Well, here's there the thing. absolutely There's... is between doing that and then trying to fix the problem in a way well, it that has is not to do yours with, to fix. Is right? your attention on walking on the water or on the waves? The scout's motto, be prepared. You still get to be prepared. However, is your attention on there's a problem that's going to happen any minute and I want to be ready for the problem or is your attention and intention on I am here to be a part of moving forward and growing and finding a way to love. This seems like a small difference, but this is the beginning of a complete shift. This is the it continental is, but divide. It's a huge shift. Yeah, it's where a huge shift. One raindrop the, goes to the Pacific it. and one mm-hmm. raindrop goes to the Atlantic over that little divide. The idea is that moment of deciding I am solution oriented versus I am driven by the problem says everything about the kind of life you're going to have and about the kind of world that we make together. So just decide. Are you watching the waves or are you walking on? This is the uh, check it out part of our show where we tell you all the ways you can know what we're doing and where we're doing it and so on. Yes. And we always like to congratulate and thank the people that have made it this far and are listening <laughs> to, to what's going on. Obviously, the best place to figure out what is happening with us is to go to waterandstonechurch.com. That is our website. Everything we do is there. You can donate to us. If you find these podcasts worth your time and and worthwhile and you are getting spiritually fed. And you are because you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) But go, go ahead and, you know, hit that donate button and Please know that all of the donations go to an amazing, amazing purpose. Uh, and and we're just so grateful for all of the donations that always come in. But other than that, the website has links to everywhere, all of our social media stuff. So you can mm-hmm. follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. But more importantly, you can follow us on YouTube. And if you go to the top of every page of the website, there's a link that says watch. And it's got information on our two YouTube channels. And one of them is the main Water and Stone Church channel where you can see some classes that I've taught and some snippets from every single Sunday lesson and a bunch of other stuff like that. Really enlightening, nice little three to five minute little clips of here's a thing to think about and ask about and share that sort of thing. And then our other YouTube channel is the channel for this day. 
and we're just starting a new season of the This Day yes. Show so this week. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go do it now because the first episode drops this Friday, which I believe is the 7th. Um, and yeah, it's September 7th. That is the first episode of season number two. You won't want to miss it. Uh, I am having such a good time with it and it's really good vegetarian and vegan comfort food. Go take a watch if you're interested in that kind of stuff. And even if you're not, go watch it anyway and maybe you'll learn something. Um, we've got an incredible calendar full of events you can find out. For every Sunday lesson, you can find out what the topic is and you can find out the scripture so that you can read ahead and know what I'm going to talk about. I love it when people do that. It's really a neat thing that I see that people have, they already know what piece of scripture I'm going to be talking about and that sort of thing. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And as you probably know, every month we have a big service project that we do out in the world and then a smaller service project that we do kind of in-house, like after church every Sunday or something like that. And this time around is no different. Our big project is going to be a beach cleanup. And we do that about three times a year. This time we're going to St. Petersburg Beach, which is the place we go to congregate for our sunsets and that sort of thing. And last time we did a cleanup there, we picked up like what was how many pounds? of Like 50 uh, pounds of trash. And think about that because most of it is, you know, straws and napkins and uh, light things. You know, nobody's leaving molten lead on the beach. So it was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, that we picked up that much and it's going to be a good time to give our beach some love and just be there in the environment and that sort of thing and then our uh our in-house project so to speak for the month of september is we're doing collections for eckerd collects Mm. yeah for their for their um their basically what their organization does is they help to place kids in foster care that have to be taken out of emergency situations. And they have places in um, their workspace, they're they're called Rooms of Hope. And they have things like um, clothes and toys. And it's neat, they they set it up like a store that you don't have to pay for. So the kids get to quote unquote shop for their clothes. Because a lot of these times these kids are being taken out of emergency situations they have to get out of there they don't have time to pack they don't have time to get anything and um and if they do have time to get something if the if these people that are working with Ecker Collect goes and gets the kids they never want to put their their items their belongings in trash because trash kids bag, because yeah. kids aren't aren't trash <laughs> and so they collect suitcases they collect bags and backpacks and things of that nature um, you and I are going to go and grab a pack and play. Yeah, let's go do that um, today, maybe. Because they, um, a lot of times, uh, they're babies and they have no place for them to take a nap. Recently, um, the lady that I was in contact with, she had a two-year-old and a nine-month-old come in. One of them had a fever. They didn't have any Tylenol for for the little boy and no place to lay him down. And so they're really wanting some some materials. So we'll be collecting all all month in September for So them. if you're here in the St. Petersburg area, just come to church and bring a bag full of stuff. If you happen to be at the grocery store or Target or whatever, get a couple of extra things that you right. want to donate. And and gently use stuff too. You know, yeah. It doesn't have to be new. But if you're not in the area, it's easy to go shopping. Go to smile.amazon.com and you can, you can it's a one-two punch because you can buy a, a backpack or some stuff for a, a kid that could really use it. And uh, the shopping that you do benefits the church. It's a, it's a great way to, to do that kind of thing. And along with those major things on our calendar, we have uh, our, our uh, sunset celebration every Sunday. 
We have a sunrise walk. We have men's groups and women's groups meeting during the week. And of course, the star of our calendar is our Sunday morning service. And that's at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning at Harbor Hall, which is on the University of South Florida St. Pete campus. The street address is 1003rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 o'clock, there's something amazing going on, and we'd love to see you there. The other way to uh, get in the loop about what we're doing is by texting I am ready, I A M R E A D Y, just one word, I am ready to 84576. That's 84576. If you text I am ready, you'll be part of our newsletter. Uh, we send out one, maybe two texts a week. It's not a big deal. We, we don't like getting a bunch of texts either. So it's just one or two just to keep you in the loop. It's a great way to be a part of this community. Absolutely. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the ever comfy orange couch. And the Presidente for Life of Pinfeather Studios is a handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts and does so many things for us. And she is one half of the music that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. And we are so grateful for him as well. This podcast is solely supported by you. And we've already talked about some of the things that it means. It's easy to donate electronically to the church. There's ways to shop at smile.amazon.com and support Water and Stone Ministries. There's a million, you can hear the thunder in the background. It's, it's the storm's coming. And uh, the storm of change in your life is coming. So come and support us as we work through big changes and big ideas. But the best thing that you can do is just show up on a Sunday. Be there with us at 11 o'clock. It's going to change your life. Thank you.